Hello and welcome to the CEO Blind Spots Show, where leaders reveal their blind spots and best practices. I'm your host, Birgit Camps, and today's guest is Gabe Joseph, who is the founder of Joseph Holdings, but also someone who puts their time and treasure into amazing companies. I know you're an investor in an app called Superfeed, and you're putting your time into this company that's called Exodus Web Services. I'm so grateful you can be on the show because your company provides self-contained data data centers that actually protect the CEO's company's data where they're in control, whereas most CEOs have their data the effect of cloud-based services who might decide to ban them or might decide not to provide services. So anyway, welcome to the show, Gabe. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so it's easy to find out that you've built several businesses. And in the past, you were also president of something called Free Eats Network, and you grew it to the largest mobile texting opt-in network in America. So I'm wondering, what are one or two reasons that you think you've been successful? First of all, thanks again for letting me be on your show. I've done a lot of things where we were the first to be able to do it. And the bottom line in the success was sometimes there's an attitude that you just test, test, test. And my attitude is do, do, do. When I was in college, I was a programmer, but I happened to live in Washington State on the east side of the state going to a little school there called Whitman College. And about the same time of the 70s, beginning of the 80s, a guy named Bill Gates was looking for people to come and work at his little company in Seattle. And I chose mm. to come out and volunteer for Ronald Reagan because I thought I could do both, you know, mm. and they were the first campaign to ever use word processing, database analysis, and things like that. And we emulated in a huge computer on the inside of the headquarters and line printers that happened to make a lot of noise. So when the president came by the campaign, he just came by just to be able to see and hear all the noise. But the reality of that was we wrote accounting programs. We wrote word processing programs. From that, I went into pollution control devices that used no fossil fuels. It was a self-cleaning heat exchanger that was actually integrated into giant food bakery up in Silver Spring, Maryland, because the fresh smell of bread in America was a pollutant. And mm. instead of building a smaller unit, I had my team build a production side unit. We integrated it. We ended up getting distilled water and alcohol out of a bread oven that could be flavored. And if it wasn't for a snowstorm in 1996, I still may be doing that business. Mm. Because back then, non-carbon-based, electrically driven pollution control devices were not only novel, they were not even thought of. Now with electric cars and things like that, people say, wow. And But a snowstorm came and canceled a huge event where the governor of Maryland was going to be there, the EPA administrator was going to be there, and I was told that the vice president at the time, Al Gore, was going to be there to be able to see this unique device that didn't burn up an exhaust, but uh, captured it and we could flavor it actually. Mm-hmm. So you were very innovative in your thought process, and exactly. you had the background of technology to kind of be able to merge the two. Is that also why you grew the Free Eats Network to one of the largest? I did. It was something where we just decided to pay people a dollar for signing up. You can't send people text messages unless you get an opt-in. How do you get an opt-in? Well, you pay people. So we paid people a dollar for signing up. When you look at the cost of acquiring somebody using advertisement online, it costs about $8. I said, shoot, let's pay people a dollar for signing up and pay somebody a dollar for signing up to 10 people. Hmm. And the network grew so fast that 
often. We did it through PayPal, which had something called MassPay, which allows to be able to distribute money to them very quickly. And once they signed up for the text messages, the idea was to pay them for receiving advertisements and then monitor how they spent their money through tracking. But it was all opted in. It was all permission-driven. current environment in, in this is that people are automatically opted in and you have to opt out. Well, internet companies and advertisers, their cost of acquiring a customer is huge. So it grew. It went great. It was doing really, really well. But when you compete against the giants in the land, the giants push back. It's the best yes. way to be able to do it. Yes. Yeah, so one of the things I'm hearing is, is that not only is your IT background helping, your innovation helping, but you're also very resilient. And then you just mentioned you get pushback from the giants. And uh, I wonder, of course, is that experience with that maybe more than once, is that what led you to, to now? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. I mean, the, the Bible gives me a lot of great examples. They talk about David and Goliath. Well, throwing a slingshot was a skill, and they were the sharpshooters of the day. So, yeah, he just went out there with a slingshot and a few rocks, but he sure knew how to use them well. And you can bring down the giants when you do, as, as long as you control the situation quite a bit. Taking on the giants in the land has been a, a constant in my career for all the businesses, and that's why when the opportunity arose, we started Exodus Web Services as well. So it, it's been a good ride. I'm very pleased with that. But the most important lesson has been do it. You can always test, test, test. You can always listen to people, but until you take a product to market, no one's going to buy it. So as quick as you can get it there, get it there. Well, then I have to ask the next question, which is what did you ever struggle with in terms of leading people? Well, in, in, I've started five businesses since uh, 1983. And the ones that have been successful, we were able to stay on the front end of the wave. So I'd say the struggle is time limit. Every idea has a time limit, okay? Many ideas are the same. I question, who else is doing what you do? And often I had to say, I know of nobody. And they go, well, it doesn't sound that difficult. And I go, I agree. I just am the lucky one. Another struggle is hiring the right people. I struggled to find salesmen that could help grow the companies. Salesmen and women, I would hire experienced people and give them unlimited budgets. I'd hire young people and try to train them that would go with me. And I guess it's hiring people that believe in the product. The other blind spot was that I'm realizing in the current environment right now that with technology the way it is and with the cloud, you rent space. You don't own space in the, in the cloud. And a lot of people believe that it's their rent for life. It's kind of like in, when my wife and I went to China, one of the things that we were amazed to find out is that people don't own homes in China. They rent them for 99 years in mm. company town. Mm -hmm. And in the current cloud environment, the blind spot was I didn't read and understand everything in the contracts, okay? So they make it easy for you to sign up. They let you use their software. They get you dependent on it. And then you realize that they own everything you have. And then the, the, probably the greatest blind spot is that business is a blood sport. It's uh, a lot of the business I've dealt with has been in politics, but there's only one, winners and losers. You know, mm. politics is the only legal monopoly that exists in America today. If you win by one vote and you get sworn in, regardless of what they find out later, if there's voter fraud or if there's ballots found, if somebody's sworn in, they're sworn in in the history mm. of America. And politics, uh, business is the same way. Once somebody signs a contract that you lose, you lose. Well, you make a lot of great points. And I have to say, I've not often had a podcast guest who would be willing to share so many blind spots, but I think they're very valuable. And then I'm, of course, also 
interested to know a lot of new leaders struggle like like it sounds like you did on one of your blind spots about how do you hire the right people have you fixed that one now it's no longer a blind spot because you've identified it any tips you want to give other leaders in the hiring people you take away their reason for saying no and Mm -hmm. primarily the best way that i was able to retain good people was i would ask them what they needed to thrive as a question Mm. and i would work if the person was was good then i'd give them what they needed to thrive i've learned the technique to hire slow and fire fast often yeah in the past i hired fast and fired slow classic yeah classic blind spot Um, yes (laughs) and then there's there's soft spot with people right now with health insurance the most successful people and the most loyal people i've had when i i chose to pay for all of their health insurance all of their deductibles so that they didn't have to worry about that if Mm. they needed if they needed care they could get care also i would pay for their mobile phones and their internet access and their computers because if they wanted to work at home as long as it got the job done, I didn't care. I, the other side of that was that in my, I was the largest robocaller in America at one point, and my people were producing more per person on an annual basis than Google's people's work because they could just do it from their mm-hmm. phones. We could automate it. So automating things and making it fun for people. And then the last thing was took them out of conflict situations. My comment was, if you make a $10,000 mistake, fix it. If you make a $100,000 mistake, then we'll fix it. Okay. Mm. Well, those are some fantastic tips. So I really appreciate you sharing. I mean, you've, you've already been in five different businesses. You've learned a lot of lessons. You've been persistent regarding of giants, the, the giants you're facing. So as we start to wrap up the show, any last minute things you want CEOs to know? What you're providing currently might be something that would be helpful for CEOs to know about. Well, yeah, Exodus Web Services was based on the cancel culture and that's that's happening around us for many reasons. Dealing with some people here that are having their business insurance canceled. You can't get D&O insurance on stuff. But getting back to the data, what would a company do if they lost their ability to do email for three weeks? Cause, and Exodus Web Services is just a private hosting facility, not public hosting facility. We own everything from the air conditioners to the lights to the servers to the bandwidth that's coming in. And so it's hard work to be able to do that. You need to know how to be an internet service provider. You need to know how to be a carrier. You need to know how to be an ISP. But once you have that, you can offer a service that will provide comfort, that will provide security. Right now, the cloud is like parking your car. Most of the big companies like Amazon and Azure, you can sign on in five minutes and you can park your car. But if you leave your keys in your car and your computer in your car and your money in your car and your car's unlocked and there's no lights there and nobody's managing it and nobody's watching it, then something's going to happen to your car. A lot of CEOs, I don't think they've, they've tasked this to somebody else and they don't look at the contract. But now that's having effects. You know, just yesterday there was the big meat processor that got a ransomware attack. And okay, everybody knows that ransomware is a big issue, but the biggest problem with ransomware is it takes you about a year to recover from that. Colonial Pipeline, the last article I read, still can't send out invoices, even though they're shipping oil. Hmm. Client that I'm dealing with still can't get emails on their mobile phones and may not for a while, primarily because they're in a battle with their insurance company about who's going to cover what and when. And then if you do have one of these attacks, 
nobody is prepared for the fact that the insurance companies are trying to recoup whatever they had to pay in two to three years. Probably the biggest issue involved in the current environment isn't ransomware attacks but denial of service because a lot of the providers now, big cloud providers, charge you for ingress and egress, which means that it's like the old times when we had to pay for long distance phone calls. So if you're used to having a $20,000 a month AWS bill or an Azure bill or a Cloudflare bill or somebody else, if you don't have an all you can eat or a bandwidth situation and somebody does a denial of service where your hits go from 100 a minute to 100,000 a minute or a million a minute, your next bill could put you out of business. Hmm. So you're, t you're telling us how to prevent a crisis by being in control of the data rather than, than renting right. it to someone else. And right. so one of the things you told me, um, I think you said there was a site called builtwith.com. Builtwith.com. Built it's uh, the best sales tool that I use. I just take people there and say, type in your URL and see what comes up. And by the way, I did. And I was shocked. So I, I bet you did. Now, remember, if I can do that, yes. anybody can do it. And if people yes. don't like including your competitors, right? I mean, in this day and age, somebody could go on a ranking site and say, these pe people are X, Y, and Z. You know, one yes. of my favorite things to do with my clients is to say, type in provider, your email provider, the software provider, and ask the question, is this company considered a woke company? What does that mean? W-O-K-E, the phrase for people that are aware of the current environment, sensitive to the current changes that are happening in the world. Um, yes. Some people consider it a compliment. Some people consider it not. Yes. Woke companies tend to be very controversial averse is the best way I could put it. So if they get one complaint or 100 complaints or 10 complaints, they may choose to turn you off just like that. And there mm. are some businesses that we've heard about and talked about that if they can just flip the switch on you and you're done. Okay. Wow. Well, I really appreciate you enlightening us. And I know that you happen to be in Austin right now for a conference and you took the time to step out and be with me. So I, I know some of the noise is the conference background, but again, you've been very generous with your time and I know how passionate you are about doing what you do. And like I said, in a way, I, I think you're also providing a huge benefit of free speech. So thank you again for being on the show. And if anybody wants to know more about your company, I'm going to spell it and I'm going to put it in the description, but it's xodsws.com. And we've been talking a lot about what you do hosting wise, but also you keep the data secure you keep what we have safe. So thank you thank very you. much. Thank you for bringing that up. That is the reason why we've had clients for up to 20 years, because there's never been a successful denial of service or ransomware attack against any of our clients. And it's why we're hunting for business instead of casting for business. So we're looking for the right people that need to have the right needs. Thanks again for your time.